In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. This morning is the Sunday before the elevation of the Holy Cross, and on that Sunday, we hear the same gospel reading each and every year on that that Sunday that precedes the elevation of the cross. And this gospel reading is one that you you likely know, but I think that it is one that you truly need to just ingrain into your being. Not just into your mind, but into your heart. And let it be be really part of what what truly moves you to do anything in this world. Because it it is truly the gospel. The gospel is the good news. It is truly the good news of our Lord's work. In those four short verses that I just read, it talks about eternal life twice. And salvation another time. In just those four verses, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that all who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ingrain that into your being. That is the truth. Christ is risen, and we have the opportunity for eternal life, and that should be ingrained in us and should be hopeful for us. Be filled with hope. And if that weren't enough, today in the church, it just so happens that we are commemorating a very special event in the life of the church as well. Today in the church on September 13th, we celebrate the consecration, the feast day of the consecration of the Church of the Resurrection, the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. It happened on September 13th in about the year 336, so almost 1,700 years ago. And 300 years after our Lord used it for three days, we celebrate the consecration of the church that was built over that spot. And why was there such a delay? Well, of course, when we know that uh, in the early days of Christianity, that uh, the, the rest of the world wanted to blot out Christianity. There were so many countless martyrs during that time, and so not only did they want to just blot out the faith, they wanted to attempt to blot out any single remembrance of the faith that was even out there in the world. And so during the time of the Emperor Hadrian in the second century, from uh, what I've read, they filled in that spot and they built a temple over the top of it uh, dedicated to Aphrodite. And they did the same thing uh, in Bethlehem over the spot where Christ was born. They, they filled that in and built another temple dedicated to another one of their gods. So that, Lord willing, they thought that this Christ person would be forgotten. Well, lo and behold, a few hundred years later, enter in Emperor Constantine. And of course, Emperor Constantine uh, himself became a Christian, and he was the first of the emperors to actually recognize Christianity as as a religion in the empire. It didn't become the official religion of the empire until Constantine's uh, grandson, but it at least became a, a recognized religion. Well, Constantine's mother, Helen, was also someone who was a faithful person. And Helen led the excursion to the Holy Land to try to find these holy sites. And so they went into Jerusalem and they found the places where our Lord was born. They found the the place of the Holy Sepulchre. And as we'll celebrate tomorrow, they found the true cross. And they knew that it was the true cross because of the miracle that happened around it. More about that tomorrow. 
But suffice it to say that Helen started the, the construction of the church that would be over the place where our Lord was, was laid in a tomb and where he rose from the dead. She didn't live to see the consecration of the church, but it happened again, as I said, on September 13th in the year 336 with all kinds of hierarchs that were there from all over. And it was a great, grand thing. And it's something that we still sing this day. And so in the hymns, we've sung a few times about establishing this house, O Lord. And it's talking about the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, but it's also talking about this church. Because every single church, we pray that the Lord will establish and that it will be a site of the resurrection, of proof of the resurrection. Because that's what the Church of the Holy Sepulchre has been for the last 1,700 years. It's the place where, as many of us know, the most regular routine miracle of proving the resurrection of Christ happens each and every year. Even though there have been times where the doors have attempted to be shut and people to be kept from going into the church, it has not stopped the miracle from happening every single year. On Holy Saturday, the patriarch of Jerusalem goes into the tomb of Christ and they do a big pat-down to make sure that he doesn't have any sort of matches or any sort of lighter or anything like that on him. And they've sealed the tomb so that nobody has been in there since the day before. And so the, uh, there are even soldiers who are uh, on guard outside so that nobody could go in there. And so they finally open up the door of the tomb and the patriarch goes into the tomb and he prays. And I have no idea what he prays. I don't even know how long that it takes for it to happen. I think it, it might even vary from year to year. But each and every year... It's as if there's like a bolt of lightning, a flash, and all of a sudden the patriarch comes out of the tomb and he's got these two great big candles and they are just roaring with fire coming off of them. And he comes out and he blesses the faithful who are there. And you can go and see this on, on YouTube. Uh, YouTube has, has been good for something these, these last uh, few months. You can go and see videos of this uh, out there, but you can also read about it throughout the course of the 1,700 years since that the church was consecrated. Because it's something, again, that happens year after year after year. And even other people's candles in the church are lit at that moment, miraculously. And the fire itself is not a normal fire. You watch the video and there are people who are putting it on their faces and over their hands because for the first few minutes it doesn't burn like a normal fire does. It's truly a holy fire. And then they take that fire and they spread it out to many different places. And for the first time, as most of you know, for the first time a couple years ago, it came here. It came here to the United States. And Father Alex, our old assistant, he and I drove to Jackson, Tennessee, and we got these candles and we put them in the car and we uh, were very concerned that the candles were going to go out as we jostled down the interstate with the wax and things like that. Uh, but of course, you all know, those of you who knew Father Alex know that he is a great uh, singer. And so we sang the hymns of Pascha for an hour and a half as we drove from Jackson to here. And thanks be to God, the, the, the flame made it. And it is still here. The fire that burns on our holy table is still the fire that we received from Jerusalem, from the miraculous fire just a couple of years ago. 
And we have backups, don't worry. Sometimes that one does go out. But St. Raphael and St. Pantalemon are both also uh, our fires from that holy fire. And to be honest, we don't use matches and lighters in the altar. We take every light that we use to light the candles, to light the lamps, to light the censer. All of it is taken from that fire. And it's that connection, that physical connection to the reality of the resurrection. What a profound joy that it is that we have that connection, not just here in our church, but we know that the Church of the Holy Sepulchre exists, and we can point there and say that is where our Lord fulfilled what we heard in the Gospel today, so that we can have eternal life, because that is what it is all about. And may the Lord continue to protect the Holy Sepulchre And continue to protect this church to be able to be the shining light of the resurrection in the world. But here's the real challenge, brothers and sisters. That is exciting. It is exciting for us to have that connection and to have that hope and that joy just talking about it. But here's the challenge. Now, I'm not a doomsdayer. I'm not reading the signs of the times. But there may come a day where the church of the Holy Sepulchre is destroyed. There may come a day where it is filled in and something else is built on top of it. There may come a day where the light of this fire is snuffed out. There may come a day where our doors are closed and we are forced to worship underground like those Christians of the first 300 years uh, of, of Christianity, or even more recently, those in Russia or Romania or other places uh, who were under communism in just the 20th century. That might happen. But you know what? The fire that they can't snuff out, that nobody can snuff out, is the fire that we receive when we have the hope when we have the knowledge that the good news of Christ that we heard today is true. There is no way that that fire can be put out within us unless we allow it to be. And so, brothers and sisters, it is our duty to know that the verses that we heard today are true, that our Lord came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him may be saved. And that we have eternal life because of the incarnation, because of the death and resurrection of Christ. And we put that in our hearts and we kindle that flame so that even if there comes a time where we can't come here, even if it, you know, we've been coming less frequently than we would like now even, but there is nothing that can happen that can snuff out the fire of the truth of the resurrection because it is true. Whether or not that church exists, whether or not the holy fire comes on Holy Saturday, whether or not we are here, truth is truth and Christ is risen. And may that fire always be in our hearts. And let nothing take that fire away from us. Cultivate that fire each and every day of our life, each and every moment, through our prayers and through our life. And may we put into ourselves the words of this gospel that our Lord loves us and grants us eternal life. Christ is risen. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.